Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Damon and Rado, Whitey in for Damon. Steve Kerr is going to join us in just a second here, Ray, and we'll have a lot to talk about with the coach because all of a sudden... Things with the West being as muddled as they are can change quickly. And now the Warriors, after last night, they look up and, hey, we're in fifth place. Not a bad place to be considering all the ups and downs. Yeah, considering that five days ago they were in ninth. Mm -hmm. But that's the nature of this conference. And that's why the real, the real drawing line here is two. Because nobody's catching Memphis. Nobody's catching Denver. And Sacramento, as good as they've been is closer to that you know, 4 through 13 mess than they are to 1st or 2nd. And even though it doesn't show that in the, in the standings technically, I think most people regard Sacramento as vulnerable until proven otherwise. You got Denver, then you got Memphis, 5.5 back, Sacramento 7 back, Suns 10.5 back, and the Warriors right there, 11.5 back. Um... They're in a tie, technically, with the Eclipse, who they play tomorrow night. So another big game. As you said, they're all like playoff games. I know that's so cliche, but the season's been so up and down. There's a lot of truth to that. The rest They're of like the play-in games. Oh, I like the play-in. It just makes me nervous to think of the Warriors back in the play-in games. Well, they might be. I mean, that's, that's what you get when you play defense for 20 games out of 82. Last night, the Warriors played defense, especially in that third quarter. Uh, Steve Kerr talked about the importance of Draymond Green, uh, given the unique defensive game plan the Warriors employed against Dame Lillard. It was huge, especially with the game plan. I mean, Draymond is as good as anybody I've ever seen. Executing the stuff we were doing tonight basically becomes a zone on the backside of the play. If you're going to double Dame at half court or blitz him or whatever, you have to have somebody like Draymond or, or Loon on the backside or both of them navigate what's happening because it's basically four on three. And I thought they executed beautifully there. And that's why I left the starters out there for as long as I did to start the third quarter. You know what, Ray? Defense, schmefense. Can I just say that? Defense, schmefense. Give me. You can have your defense and your schemes and your boxing one. Give me dunks like this one. Long rebound. Jerome will take it in to the right corner, to the right baseline. Finds Kaminga. He'll slash down the lane and dunk it. He took it off just past the foul line. Elevated and slammed it down. There's been a lot of criticism of the Warriors, the way they've handled their young players. Jonathan Kuminga, to this point, has been, he's been at least a moderate success. 16 points last night, making mid-range jump shots. He defends 94 feet. He has been a success story. One of the Warrior developmental staff success stories this year. Uh, probably the only one. I mean, I don't, well, it depends on how you okay. want to put. I Jordan think the book's still open on on Moody. Well, no, I don't know if the book is open on Moody. Well, he's I mean, still there. He so. still exists, <laughs> but until he gets run, and he's not getting any run now, I think you have to look at him as profoundly incomplete. You know, I mean, I okay, think, but that's just different than saying the book's closed on him. That's all. Well, but it's I understand he has a, he's not playing well. I understand yeah, that, but I don't know if he's playing well or not. He's not playing. Because he's not and playing. the Warriors and the Warriors make it clear in how they use players what they think of them. You know, it just there is no room for him, and I don't know there's going to be room for him down the stretch because every game is now the, a playing game. You know, it just you you can't afford to give stuff up because if you if you have two bad games in a row, you're back to ninth. Mm -hmm. That's I mean that's the problem with Moody, but Kaminga has been you know the best. Of the of the young, 
the Young Bucks. I just and and, and I don't include Pool in that group. He's in this sort of weird middle place where he's not really one of the youngins, but he's not really an old guy either. Hmm. And in fact, he's referred to this himself. He's sort of that weird middle child. Well, I think when you talk about the player development, because a lot of people have been critical of the Warriors, I kind of bristle at the way people say, Steve Kerr doesn't develop young players. I certainly think Steve Kerr and the staff deserve credit for the way Jordan Poole has come along. I think he deserves most of the credit as is the case with any player, but I just think it's unfair the way people look at Steve Kerr and say, oh, the young player, the wise man, they had to trade him. Oh, yes, that's on Steve Kerr. He doesn't develop young players. Steve Kerr, won a, they won a championship last year, Ray, so I get I get frustrated with that, and I just think it's a, it's just such a knee-jerk reaction, like, wow, it didn't work out as well. Oh, well, because they don't develop young players, and you look at Looney, uh, you look at Jordan Poole, you look at Kuminga, they actually do. Not everyone, nobody does, but the Warriors actually have done a good job developing young players. The fact is, when you're still running after championships, development is a distant second. You know, if you, if you want young players developed, go watch Oklahoma City. That can be your team. They got nothing but young players. They do. And they're, they're also twelfth. Joe Skitty. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, mate. Stop. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, but when you start doing the Australian accent again, uh huh, it's just. Sandpaper Isaiah Joe eyes. is an incredible shooter. They're just very, very young. They play a lot of close games no, and but they, that, if, they lose if, them. But if development is your deal, give up the Warriors and go watch Oklahoma City. Are you saying the that... Warriors, the Warriors' most important players are still the guys in their 30s. You're saying the idea of trying to come up with... The two-timeline thing apparently was a media construct. The Warriors... No, I don't think it was. I think the Warriors really thought that would work. Do you think it was um, ill-advised? Yes, I do. Because... You can't worry about 26 when you're trying to win in 23. You know, 26 has to take care of itself. I think that's, that probably, if you, if you ask Bob Myers now, given the fact that he agrees with anything anybody ever says, so he doesn't have to have arguments. Well, he's very good. At no, no, he's very good at saying, yeah. boy, that's an excellent point. <laughs> Whether he thinks it is or and not. And then he wins you over and you feel like, oh, man, oh, this yeah, guy's oh, great. No. Yeah. Nobody can, nobody can blow air up somebody's pant leg like quite like him. But the truth is, I think they were in a hurry to suddenly become younger because they were freaking out about the ages of their players. When, in fact, those players are still quite functional. And I think it spoke to a level of impatience that they shouldn't have had. I think it spoke to the fact that they wanted to take advantage of a, the rare opportunity to have the second pick. Here they, they'd won, what, three championships, and they had the s second pick in the draft because of the gap year. And they swung for the fences, and they tried to pick someone with tremendous upside and hope they land landed the next superstar. I think it could have worked. I think they picked. In that case, I don't think they picked a guy who was a very good fit for the way they approach it. Um, I think it could have worked. It was bold. It was a high risk, high reward. Um, but here we are a couple years later, and they do have one more championship, and you can't say they're out of contention for this one. But, but here's the other flaw in the plan. They had the second pick, but they had a crying need for a big man who could rim protect, who could rebound, who could change shots, who could set picks. That's what the that's what a warrior center does. And if you look at the pure centers drafted, there were four. And Wiseman was at the day he was traded, was by far the best of the four. And even the that there's the the power forwards that were there, the combo center forwards, you know, they were all six eight. Well they got that. You know, they've already got those guys. They were looking for something they didn't have in a year in which the draft did not offer. And that's where they that's where the mistake came. If they had to do it over again, I would venture to say that they'd think about trading down. Yeah, I think so. But they didn't know at the time No, they, they didn't know what Wiseman was, and I don't even think Wiseman knew at that time when they were. No, I don't think Wiseman was. knows what he is now. And they also didn't know what they were gonna get from Looney because Looney was coming off of that year where he had neuropathy and it looked like, boy, he might not be able to play. So they no, had an even more dire need for a center that contributed to it too. But yeah, I mean the the level of information they didn't have was staggering. 
for a pick in that position because everybody else was a guard, essentially. They had guards. What they didn't have was the Bogut type who could be not an enforcer, but the guy who kept order at the rim. And they thought that Wiseman could be that even though Wiseman had never really had a chance to be much of anything anywhere because A, he was young, B, he played no college ball, and C... Right, three games? Yeah, he was still just growing into his body. And so they took a calculated gamble based on the fact that they need a body type like his. But it didn't work, and part of the reason why it didn't work is because the problem with the two-timeline thing is you eventually have to pay these guys before they've proven what they're worth. All right, let's catch up with uh, the outstanding coach of the Warriors after the big win last night. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Coach Kerr, thanks as always so much for your time. Uh, let's start with Steph Curry. As we said last time, we know you're not a doctor, but it sounds like uh, the press release today, the news on Steph Curry, um, very encouraging. What, what was your reaction to the news we got today? Uh, I didn't even know there was a press release, frankly. But um, <laughs> I've been I've been watching uh, him progress each day and watching him work. And um, yeah, so I, I'm I knew uh, obviously that he was uh, coming along well. But uh, what did the release say? Um, it basically said he's coming along well, and now he's he's doing some scrimmage. <laughs> and, and in all fairness, coach, there was also Woj reported he went beyond the press release from the team, cited sources. And I know you can't comment on any of this, even if you wanted to. And there seemed to be a suggestion that Steph could be back uh, on the upcoming road trip, perhaps as soon as Saturday. That's what fans are hearing. That's what fans are throwing around. And like I say, that wasn't the official team release, but that's why people are getting pretty excited about. Uh, where Steph is right now. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for clarifying. Um, <laughs> thanks yeah, for clarifying so, uh, a thing you didn't know and didn't really care about. <laughs> I, I'm I'm taking the day off, so I, have, I I haven't followed any of that stuff. In fact, I apologize for being ten minutes late to this uh, to this interview. I was completely oblivious. So uh, anyway, good to chat with you guys. And uh, yes, thanks for coming. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, take care. Well, uh, we're, we're we're excited about Steph, and and uh, you know whenever it happens, I mean. He's doing well, and uh, he'll scrimmage again tomorrow, and and uh, we'll see how how he responds and how he's doing, and hopefully it's, it's sooner rather than later. But um, in the meantime, our guys are doing a great job of just you know keeping us afloat and and um, racking up some wins. And amazingly, we went from like tenth to fifth in about yeah. twenty four hours. I think, <laughs> Coach. Uh- we like to say, it's kind of cliche, you know, defense is all about uh, effort, but it's also about skill and scheme. They, they matter, too. The, the level of defense you played the last couple of games, the different schemes you've used, are, are we perhaps seeing this team reestablish a sense of identity? Well, I, I think it'll take more than two games for that to happen, but I think we, we are seeing our team establish some, some grit and uh, some chemistry and a little bit of momentum here, and that's exciting. Um, hopefully, this uh, this recent defensive play will continue. We got a really tough matchup with the Clippers tomorrow, so um, I think it, it takes a longer run than just two games to really make that statement. But I, I like the path that we're on. You've had two game runs like this earlier in the year. Is there anything about this one that strikes you as different, or I mean, is it simply a matter of yeah, do it more than twice. Do it on the road. Is is that really what the what what the litmus test is at this point? Yeah, just the fact that I even said two game run. I mean, that that's like an oxymoron, right? That's <laughs> two games is not a run. Yeah. I think that's that's the point. So it's a runlet. We have <laughs> run like runlet. So you think? Yeah, runlet, runlet. Yeah. yeah, I mean we we've got to we got to do more than uh, you know just just win a couple. I, I, you know, we had the one stretch uh, in December when we uh, we won five in a row, ga- gathered some momentum, and, and uh, you know, and then got Steph back, and then Steph got the injury again. So, it, you know, it, and then Wiggs, you know, has been out. So it, it feels like we've, you know, just sort of been 
trying to find it and then hit with something and trying to find it and but this feels a little different it just feels i guess because we're down to 20 games left and we can see the finish line we can see uh steph's impending return um you know, hopefully this is all a sign that our team's coming together and, and that we're going to get healthy and, and be in a really good place. What does it tell you, if anything, that in the 24 games he's missed, you guys are 12 and 12 and that the wheels actually haven't come off? Well, it, it tells me that, that our guys have been fighting like crazy and uh, and that, that they deserve a lot of credit. I know it's been a season where there's been uh, you know plenty of criticism, lots of it justified, uh, but I think it's important to see how guys have responded to the adversity too. And uh, we've got a lot of guys who have really stepped up and, and played big minutes for us and played well. You know, uh, last night yet again another great Dante Divincenzo performance, and you know Lamb and Kaminga and, and uh, Ty Jerome all coming off the bench and playing well. And, uh, we're just we're getting you know a great version of Clay Thompson. Uh, I think this is the best he's looked in the in a year and a half now since he returned or whatever it is, fourteen months. Um, so we're with a lot of really positive signs, and and uh, and the guys are are hanging tough. We're twelve and twelve without Steph, and and also Wiggs for I would think uh, the majority of those twenty four games. So it's exciting to see them do it. Coach, 29 from Jordan Poole last night. Uh, he had uh, six assists. We know that you had a sit-down with him. What, from your conversation with Jordan Poole, would you be willing to share with us in terms of how it may have related to his uh, play last night? Uh, well, don't take it personally, but um, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. No, those, you know, those those conversations were private, and I, I think it was picked up on camera, and that was how it, how it made it out. But I have visits with players all the time. I mean, that's that's what coaching is. It's not drawing a play on the board. It's, it's communicating with your players and trying to help them be the best versions of themselves. And, and so all season long, these conversations happen, uh, whether it's with, with me or with our assistant coaches. Um, you know, the player, we're, we're, we're communicating with our players constantly, trying to help them get better. And, and each one really faces a unique set of circumstances, not only on the court, but off, you know, and, and it's up to us to, to understand those circumstances and really connect with our guys and, and try to, uh, try to coach them and get to know them as, as, as well as we can because that's, those things go hand in hand. Are you surprised that the conference is still as convoluted as it was a month ago and two months ago? Would you have expected under, I don't want to say normal conditions, but would you have expected by now that some teams would have either pulled away or dropped off? Yeah, I would have expected that because that's normally been the case over the years. I mean, I've never seen it like this. I do wonder if the play-in format is part of what we're seeing. Um, you know, maybe in the past you would have seen a couple of more teams uh, not not go for it at the trade deadline and maybe, you know, maybe maybe fade. You know, I don't want to use the word tight, but um, maybe not, you know, not push as hard to, to get into the, uh, the play-in range. So um, maybe that's part of it. I, I think also there's legitimately... Um, a season where everybody's had injuries. Every team up and down the the, uh, the, the West has just been um, hit with injuries, and so it's been an inconsistent year for, for most of us. Does it make it more difficult for you to try to figure out, you know, what games you can maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit? Because every game now is the difference, as you said, between fifth and ninth. Uh, I don't feel like we uh, can can ever take our foot off the gas pedal this year. Um, so I, I just think we're just trying to fight our way through um, everything. So, you know, we're just taking it game to game, and, and whoever's available is available. Let's just try to win tomorrow night and, and, and see what happens. Coach, I wanted to ask you about Jonathan Kuminga and how his game has expanded 
this year. I know that was over the weekend. I think he had, he didn't shoot the ball well, but I think he had nine assists of two games. And I also was hoping you could settle the dispute Ray and I are having because that dunk he had last night and the Shaden Sharp dunk, I think it's very rare in one NBA game that we have two dunks of that caliber. Ray says that happens all the time. I mean, I don't think so. You've <laughs> you've played in games. You've you've coached for a long time. Who's right on that front? And and how about the way Kuminga's game has been expanding at times this year? Yeah, I'm 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 more with Ray on that one. I, wow, I, they were both they were both both special dunks. But this is the NBA, man. These guys are, are incredible athletes. I think we see a lot of a lot of high flying stuff these days. Um, as for JK, he's really doing well. You know, he's just he's learning so much uh, every game, and and frankly, he needs to because he's such a young player. He's so raw. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of basketball experience, and so every second he can get on the floor, whether it's in practice or in the games, uh, is really important for him. And um, you know, he's playing well. He's you know he's doing a really good job defensively on the ball. And learning more and more about spacing and cutting, that was a, a good example of a play where he kind of circled behind the defense and got to the opening. Ty Jerome found him, and, and uh, it was a really nice play uh, from from both guys. But, uh, yeah, J.K. is young and talented, and we're just trying to coach him along, and he's doing a great job. You said earlier in our conversation that this was a day where you were sort of, you know, quote out of it meaning that I would take that you were basically took a day away from basketball just to take away a day, day away from basketball is that harder to do this year when there are nine teams in that group of 10 who are playing tonight and that your curiosity might get the best of you or can you really not watch a game tonight no I mean I, I, I was watching our game from last night I haven't turned on league pass yet that, that probably comes in an hour or so but I was watching our game uh, this afternoon, but uh, we did not practice this morning. So, you know, I took the morning off. And, and uh, it, 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 on a day like this with a back-to-back coming, it, I think it really is uh, important to just at least take part of the day and, and, and get away. But it's, it's rare to, to, uh, to get a full day this, this time of year, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't quite do it. Steve, we look at teams, NBA teams, often that are struggling defensively, and and it's hard to figure out realistically how a team can improve defensively. It's easy to say, we have to be better defensively, but how do you do that? Last year, as you well know, you guys were second in the league in defensive rebounding percentage. I remember you saying that surprised you as much as anything uh, about your team at the time. This year, you're 13th. Uh, the numbers were excellent last night. So is that an area, I'm not saying it's a, you're terrible at it this year, but is that an area in which the defense realistically can continue to get better if you continue to improve in that department? Yeah, I think those things often go hand in hand, Whitey. You know, you just, uh, if you play a good defensive possession, you're generally in in position to box out and to, to get a board. Um, so they, they do go together and, uh, I think, you know, when you talk about last year, it, it's tough for me to compare the two seasons. I just feel like the personnel groupings sure. are so different. Sure. And, uh, and, you know, we, we, that, that was, that was a championship team that ultimately, you know, we won 53 games, I think, and, and won a title. So, um, we're trying to, trying to reach that level of play this year, but it's been a much different roster and a lot of injury, uh, missed games for, for injury. And, uh, but we got, you know, this has more been about trying to, to pull the team together and get the young guys to, uh, to really get up to speed. And it's been a fun year in that regard. I think our fans are, even though they might be frustrated, I think they must be entertained because we're, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff. Um, when you saw that Damian Lillard went for 71 on Sunday night, were you gratified with the likelihood that he wasn't going to go for 70 again? <laughs> yeah, that may or may not have had something to do with our game plan. Last <laughs> <night>. so, <laughs> that guy's incredible. He really is. And uh, there's no way we were going to uh, you know, give him rain when we played them in Portland a couple weeks ago you know, he lit us up and the, and the biggest thing was the free throws I think he went 16 for 16 from the line and uh, so the biggest uh, goal last night was to, to limit his 
free throws, and we were able to do that. He only got five, but um, that took a, a huge effort with a lot of schemes and, and, and you know, a lot of individual defense, and, you know, that, that's the guy you have to game plan for when you play Portland. So just to sum up, Steve, some of the things you've said, some of the things that, that Bob Meyer said today on the station, you know, Warrior fans excited again. There's a, a, a what do we say, a runlet here, two games. And we've seen that before this year. So in your, your view, why do you think there's a good chance that this could be real, this could be the start of something rather than, um, you know, winning streak and then you're losing uh, again as we've seen so far this year? I think just the nature of these last couple of games, um, you know, coming back from from down big to both Minnesota and Portland, um, what the locker room felt like, you know, after the game, just um, the measure of, of grit that that existed, um, it just felt it felt good and it felt a little different than it felt earlier in the year. Oh yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you uh, since you've been uh, you know downtime today, you probably didn't see this. There was a poll in the Athletic, and maybe you heard about it. 101 former NBA players were asked a lot of questions, and one of the question was uh, questions was, which current NBA coach would you most want to play for? And congratulations, you got I think 28 percent of the vote. You were the number one answer. Former NBA players, yeah. I want to play for Steve <laughs> Kerr. How about that, coach? That's very flattering. I did not know that. That's great to hear. Who finished second, by the way? I think it was Pop. I have to double check. Yeah. Wow, that's a dichotomy. There was one right player, there. I think his name was Stephen Howard. He used to play for Dallas, and he just said he had a quote that, you know, Steve Kerr sounds like he gives you a chance to, you know, uh, work your way into a system and understand what's going on and, and, and treat you respectfully. So, Anyway, uh, congratulations. I thought it should have been, you know, by a wider margin, but you were the number one answer, Coach, so good for you. I think they just uh, enjoy the fact that I allow my team to turn it over 18 18- <laughs> so. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's a remarkably charitable attitude, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's the difference between you and Pop, that he tends to frown on turnovers more than you do. <laughs> uh it's uh, I, I yeah I mean I I do think part of my philosophy is giving the players a, a lot of freedom because I think uh, I think one of the reasons Steph and Clay are who they are is because they are so audacious they're so daring um, and I don't want to I don't want them to ever lose that um, I I'd like for them to you know take care of, a little better care of the ball but uh, if that's you know if that's how it is then um, I think we'll take it. Uh, thanks, Coach. We'll let you go on this one. Uh, we see this with a lot of coaches. We obviously, you dream on quite often, we'll come to you and, you know, circling the finger, like, we got to review that. And I wonder what it's like for a coach. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go into it, uh, score, time. But how how difficult is that sometimes when you're, okay, this is a player who's playing his ass off and he wants me to review something I'm not really sure I want to how delicate can that decision be when you've got a player and often it's dream on but not always giving you the circling like yeah yeah we got to review that it's a it's a great question and it really depends on circumstances you know we 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 do that every once in a while usually for Draymond uh, <laughs> but it, it depends on the, the time and score if you really need to save it you you save it you know, but every once in a while, you just got to back your guy and go with it. I would think if there's a decision like that that involves like a score and a foul, then it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get more out of it than get like maybe points removed and have a foul removed. So, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, too, sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. You factor all that stuff in. Plus, are you going to lose a timeout or not? So, uh, you know, we there's a lot to to sort through. All right, Coach, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow night and the rest of the way. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Steve Kerr with us on 95.7 The Game. It's almost like he had better things to do than talk to us. Uh, please. And how in the world does he come? If he was, Where does he get off agreeing with you on the dunk issue? If he was that lifting was a piano with his tongue, that would still be a better thing to do than talk to us. I think that was coach speak. He didn't want to give Shaden Sharp too much credit. It's like, yeah, we see dunk. No, he, no, he, he knows. That's him. all that was. He, That's all he, that was, right? He publicly agreed with a troll like me. <laughs> the, the shame in that. Yeah. By well, any it's also, standard. It's like, I don't talk to Whitey every week. I talk to Ray every week, so I probably got to... 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, congratulations. I don't, that, I don't think that was it. I think he simply recognized game. Mm-hmm. I know that some people on the text line get a little irritated when we talk about Wiggins. Somebody yesterday in the text line was saying, it's disrespectful. And look, we don't know what's going on with the Wiggins. And obviously, whatever it is, is more important than basketball. But just from a basketball standpoint, because that is what we talk about, the Warriors need him back. And he's got to take care of his business. But they do need him back um, because he's so important to what they do, obviously. So Bob Myers today, uh, when he was on with JD and with Guru, was asked if there's a chance, given what the Warriors know, that... Is there a chance that we don't see Wiggins the rest of this season? I don't think so. Look, I don't want to speak um, on his personal life, and I know you don't either. I know you're not asking that. I don't think that's what anybody is is planning for, but but we'll leave that in his own place. But but as far as to answer your question the best I can, that's not the expectation. I think what you're asking is could he remain out for a long, long time. I don't think that's happening, but I'm going to leave that alone. And hopefully when he gets back, whatever words he would like to say on it, which I don't think will be much because it's his private life, he will do. But, but you know, I, I understand in your business you have to ask these questions and it's your job. But but I, but I also got to respect, and I think you're saying the same thing, the privacy of what he's going through. So hopefully that's good news on both fronts. Hopefully it means that there's reason to think it will re- be resolved relatively soon. And again, from the basketball standpoint, which is secondary, sounds like the Warriors are expecting that he'll be back uh, before too long. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even offer a guess because you know, it's been a while already. Right. It's described as a family matter, and I wouldn't want to guess when he's coming. Back. No, I, I, I don't think, either. But yeah. But, but I mean, I I don't know that it's going to be anytime soon. I mean, just it's we know essentially nothing except that he's not here. So you have to just take that. at face value as though he's not a member of the team right now. What do you um? Sometimes you're cynical about these things. No, not me. What do you make of uh, Coach Kerr saying it feels different this time? Yes, the Warriors have been up. They've been down. They win games. They lose games. It feels different. feels like they're getting, I think he said it feels grittier, just the reaction from the players. They do have reinforcements coming. Um, what do you make of that notion that, yeah, it feels like this is this is different this time, that we are getting ready to turn a corner? I think the takeaway is not that sentence. I think the takeaway is two games is not something they, you know, call a trend. I think that's the truth. And I think that's what I was saying earlier is that, you know, they've done this before. They've had runs where they've kept teams, you know, in the aughts rather than in the teens or in the 20s. But it's about sustaining it. And that's the difference between an intermittently attentive defensive team and a good defensive team. The Warriors have not been a good defensive team this year. In fact, they've been, by their standards, abysmal. The The trick is how you manage to reinforce what he's seen in the last, really, three games, because the game before that, I think it, they gave up 104, um, and make this an important part of everybody's game. I mean, you never got you've never gotten the sense that people are all in on defending. It's all it's always been a well, we'll shoot our way out of it. And I think they've seen over, you know, sixty games that no you're not. There are teams that are better offensively than you. One of the basketball terms that offends me is when Teams play different types of defense, and there's a term I'm sure you're familiar with. It they they junk it up defensively, and I don't I don't like that because it's that's legitimate. Like what the Warriors did with a box and one, uh, old school way of looking at it. Oh, they junked it up. Well, and I think Steph used to use that term talking about what Nick Nurse did to him. But I think this team needs maybe more of that, and I think that's encouraging. the The coaching staff and Draymond talked about it. They seem to be recognizing that. All right, we're gonna have to try more things because we're smallish. We don't have a lot of speed and quickness on the perimeter, especially given our, the, the fact that we're shorthanded. So maybe we need to try that. I think it's a great idea. So far it's worked against some lesser teams, but I think that's a positive trend going forward. And hopefully they've hit on something there that's going to make a difference defensively. Maybe. I mean, you know, again, they got to prove it to me. Uh, it, you know, of six, course. I mean, 60 games of this... You know, doesn't convince me that they've solved the problem for the next 22. It's show me you can do it night in and night out, and then I'll buy it. Uh, 
he tends to look at more uh, nuanced defensive things, not stuff you pull out of the box score. And if he th- says it feels different to him, I suppose we can give him some rope, you know, in terms of benefit of the doubt. But I think he is closer to what we think, or at least what I think, in that he says, well, we have to do it way more often than two games. And I think. And against, frankly, against better teams. Against better teams and a different gym. Because the other stretch they had that, that where they were holding teams down was also during an extended homestand. I mean, they, they basically have to prove they can win away from home. And more for this reason than any other, they're not going to have home court advantage in the playoffs. They're not going to catch Denver or Memphis. You're telling me that four is out of the question? I'm only a game out of the fourth spot right now. Yeah, but fourth f- is home court, baby. But you only get to be you only get to have home court once. It depends who loses. Depends what happens. You only get to have home court once. Probably, most in all likely, likelihood. Yes, yes. Because do do you see Denver losing to whatever team ends I up? I can't eight? see the future, Ray. I, I'm I I can't I don't know I can't foretell. You're a coward. I I appreciate that about you. You're. You're gripped by fear. No, I don't see that happening. I also don't understand, like you, I don't understand uh, Charlotte's alternate jerseys tonight, but that's neither here nor there. They're not a very good team, and no one's going to pay much attention to them anyway. No, I just, you know, the, the thing about the Warriors is they've proven nothing. Everything that people hang their hats on with this team is based on their history, not on what they've done this year. But their recent history... It doesn't matter how recent it is. Last year is a million years ago. Well, that's the question. Does it matter or not? I don't know, but that's the question. We may, I don't think we anybody's may find af- out. I don't think anybody's afraid of them anymore. I mean, I think last year when they started getting a roll in the postseason, I think I think Dallas got got freaked by it. Yep. I think Memphis got freaked about out it, especially once Morant went out. Um, I think last year they could do some things on reputation. I don't think they can this year. I think they're going to have to earn it like the way they had to earn it in 15, only that's eight years ago. I think they believe they can get that back, um, that, uh, that that aura of invincibility, that intimidation, if they're healthy and they're playing well. And I think that's one of the things that was impressive and encouraging about last night. As I've mentioned, you know the, the Warriors used to destroy teams in the third quarter, and they did that last night. Yeah, it was Portland and it was shorthanded Portland. But still, 39-17, to 17, that's the type of thing that if they can continue anything close to that again, other teams are going to start to take notice, and then maybe you get some uh, some of that I- I- intimidation back. Maybe. Maybe, but they can't judge how other teams are intimidated. That's you know, All they can do is play as well as they can. The other team will decide if they're afraid of you. And... Right so far, there's no reason to be afraid of these guys. I just think it's hard to make teams afraid of you in the postseason when, I know they did it last year, but when you're so small. But they were small last year. I know they were. I know, and I I said they need size, and JD said they don't, and he was right. But, boy, I just think it should be nice to have at the end of the bench sometimes. Well, Nice to be like, hey, we are young. True, but but they're not going to have size. They don't have that. I you know, know. I mean, it's it's like, boy, I wish I had a three car garage. Well, you don't have a car, so why do you need a garage? I mean, the fact is that's going to come into play when they play Denver, if they play Denver. And the truth is, and nobody's got Phoenix. an answer for Jokic. Mm-hmm. Hmm? And maybe Phoenix could come. Into maybe play play Phoenix, Phoenix. Although I think could Phoenix come is into gonna, play when you play the Clippers tomorrow. Ivica Zubats. If that's what you think, he's big and plumbly. No, no, just you know, being big is not the be all and end all. It's can you oh, use can you that. use your size? And the fact is, the only team that you can point to and say they really use their size is is Denver. Phoenix is going to be a radically different team with Durant, and they're not they're going to be playing smaller, not just not necessarily in terms of lineup, but the way they play. I think they'll be playing faster which means size is not as compelling a, a need because the Warriors always played at a high pace and they didn't need size for that either. So but they I, had size. I mean, they had Azili. They had Bogut. Well, don't say Azili. Azili was never really a factor. Well, yeah, he played and they had but, JaVale McGee. That's my point. I'm I'll not give you McGee and I'll give you Bogut, 
But they had they had options. Azili didn't Azili start Game Seven of the Finals, 2016? I believe he started Game Seven. Was that by design though? Well, Bogut was hurt, but he yeah, was available. thank you. You think he would have played if Bogut was healthy? He would have played. Yeah, I don't know that he would have started. I'm saying it's not like he never played. I'm just saying, but he was they, not. He was not the, an impact player at any but point. But they had size. Is my point? It was available to you. And you had Zaza, and he used to start. And now they don't have that anymore. And last year, I guess that proved that, well, you don't really need it. I just think it'd be nice to have. But It would be nice to have, but it would also be nice to have the three-car garage and be able to fill it. If you haven't, I think the deadline was yesterday for signing someone so that they'd be eligible for the playoffs. So I don't. if you're waiting for Nerland's Noel to come you know, through that door, it ain't happening, right? No, I mean, nor should it. I mean, quite frankly, this is who they are, and we've been saying that all along. Uh, coming up, another milestone for Nikola Jokic. How significant is it? What does it mean? That's next here. It's uh, Damon and Ratto. Whitey in for Damon. And I just want to take a moment to let you know uh, that it's a Warriors Wednesday. Brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Why do you for Damon? Damon should be back tomorrow. Ray, I know it's the last week. I've been in with you a lot lately while Damon's been on Sorry vacation. About that. That's okay. One of the things we talked about was uh, your guy, Joey Bart. And I know there's been a lot of back and forth about Joey Bart. And the Giants are down on Joey Bart. And I was in with uh, Larry on Friday, and Larry said he had a source who says, yeah, the Giants are they're, they're just about done with this guy. And you said he was your answer to the question, who's going to end up having the better career overall of Trey Lance, Wiseman, or Joey Bart. And you said Joey Bart. I don't know where the Giants are with him, but he's off to a great start. And I got to think a lot of this noise the Giants have made, nothing's guaranteed, we're down on Joey Bart. Aren't they just trying to send a message to him? Because he's really going to be, isn't he their best catcher on the roster right now still? No, no, Austin wins. He's magic. (laughs) 
no, no. Listen, I don't know if that's coming from. I don't know who Larry's sources are. I don't. I doubt that it's coming from anybody with the power to make a decision with the Giants because one of the things we've learned about them is they're too tight-lipped for their own good. So I don't think anybody's out there in a position to know, whispering how the Giants feel about Joey Barr. But we do know it was reported, and they were behind it, far on, and Gabe Kapler that, yeah, nothing's guaranteed for him this year. He's well, no, I, yeah, think they, was... I think they you know, want to make sure that he is trying to achieve what they believe he can achieve because Have... it's not like he had a good year last year. No. I mean, uh, so, I mean, I think what they're saying is, yeah, last year was not good enough. Have you, by the way, seen enough of the baseball to have any idea how the new rules are going so far? I don't think we'll know till the regular season starts. I mean, the, you know, the hitters don't like it. Uh, Max Scherzer said this will be a great weapon for him because I think he really thinks about stuff like that more than most pitchers do. <laughs> um, I think if they, th I think it'll make games faster, but I think it might depress offense. And everything that baseball has tried to do to increase offense works at the expense of a, a faster game. I know. They can't get out of their own way. They're at cross-purposes. 1968, games were really fast, and they were 2-1. to one. Yep. And then they had to figure out something Th else. Then they expanded. Then they went to the designated And they hitter. also lowered the mound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it's easier to defend than it is to play. I mean, that's... You know, that's been true in every sport. I mean, even I mean, even now when you look at the NFL and you look at Kansas City and you go, God, who can stop them? A bunch of teams actually did a pretty good job stopping them in the regular season. Even with Patrick Mahomes, who is he's a, I mean to call him a unicorn is to diminish him. I mean, he's rarer than a unicorn, if such a thing is possible. I don't know but how But for the most part, if you give a defensive coordinator enough times, he can clamp down on whatever you got. Not in today's NFL. Yeah, in today's NFL. Scoring was down. So. Um, by the way, the Panthers are going to be tough to stop because it looks like they're zeroing in on a new quarterback. They talked to a free agent. Uh, coach uh, Frank Reich says, checks a lot of boxes, no question, very accomplished. So we may have a match we'll see between the Carolina Panthers and Derek Carr. Well, you know what? The Jets said that they could make him a first-round Hall of Famer. So this is just gas-bagging. <laughs> Let's see who wants to pay him the $40 million. Mm -hmm. Would you? If I needed a quarterback badly enough and he was the best thing out there, yeah. I don't know. If I'm the Jets, I can get Jimmy for a lot cheaper, and I could probably get more value. They're basically the same quarterback. I'm not sure they are the same quarterback. What do you like more about Carr? The fact I've... that he's no longer the Raiders' property. Because the Raiders didn't know what to do with him. And I'm not, I don't want to be the guy who always bashes the Raiders, but their organization is so behind the curve on everything. I think it's, it's fair to look at Carr's like, seeming deterioration over the last three years and go, you know what? On a real NFL team that knows what it's doing and is well organized, he wouldn't be like that. Give me Jimmy. Give me Broadway Jimmy. I'd like to see that happen. Of course, Derek Carr is no There's more a chance you might see that happen here. Uh, no. No? No. What if Purdy's elbow turns out to be worse than they thought? Save it for next time you're on with Alan Styles, Ray. Come okay, on. Okay, fair I heard enough. you guys talking. You're right. What about I talked about it yesterday, and, and on the way home, I felt like waves of depression. <laughs> I, I literally thought about driving off the bridge. I enjoyed listening to you guys. How impressed should we be by this? Is, it the, is this a thing? Nikola Jokic, sixth player, sixth player with 100 career triple doubles. You got Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, Magic, Jason Kidd, LeBron, and now Nikola Jokic. Only the sixth player with 100 career triple doubles. What do you make of that? It's a meaningless stat, but it tells you that he's as good an all-around player as there is. And it's why he remains the prohibitive favorite to win a third MVP. I think he's somehow underrated, even though he could win a third consecutive Oh, I think MVP. he's profoundly underrated because people don't like to watch him play because he's not easy on the eyes. But you look up, like, last night, um, he had, like, 14 points. But he still had a triple-double, and they still won. And the Nuggets have won each game in which he has had a triple-double this season. 
28 straight dating to last season. I'm so glad that we ended this way because I'm with you. Triple doubles are kind of meaningless. And they used when Oscar Robertson averaged it for a whole year, they didn't even the term didn't exist. And I think magic brought it into the vernacular. And then all of a sudden people, you know, it's like a guy with 45 and 9 it did not have as good of a game as a guy who had 11 and 11 and 11. Because, oh, he had a triple-double. Triple-double is nonsense number. But it's not so much of a nonsense number that you can't, you know, that you can just dismiss it. Because if you get 10 assists in a game, then a hell of a job. You get 10 rebounds in a game, you know, and you get 10 assists, means you're pretty good. I mean, if you keep doing it, yeah, you're pretty good. Is it the be-all and end-all? No. Yeah. It's a catch-all stat that doesn't really tell you who the most important players are. Well said. If someone can can post a triple-double, wow, they're very multi-skilled. But just, I have the most triple-doubles. Meaningless. Give me the quadruple-double, right? I Give me give me the guy who who makes everybody else better and gets you wins. And Jokic is that, too. Jokic is that, too. I mean... Say what you want about him. Team's 16 games better than they were a year ago. And a lot of that is Murray and Porter. But somebody's making them better than they've been in the past. That would be Jokic. We could go now, Ray, but I'd rather read this because I don't want no, you no, to no, go No, 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 let's yet. go. For all of our best content, head to YouTube, search 95.7 The Game, and click subscribe. You'll see all of our shows live, the best interviews, the most interesting segments, behind-the-scenes content from the Warriors and more. It's all on 95.7 The Game YouTube page. Subscribe. You want to know what's coming Truthfully, up? Truthfully, yeah? you didn't have to read that. We could be gone by now. You want to know what's coming up on 95.7 The Game? It, is it going to make me stand here another minute? Well, well, it depends how quickly I read it. What's coming up on The Game brought to you by Fremont Bank, Warriors Roundtable, Kevin Dana, and Gary St. Jean. A full hour of Warriors talk after last night's win over the Blazers. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Warriors Roundtable with Kevin Dana. And, and remember, yeah. sports don't build character. They build it fast as easily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.